place of perfect union and communion and fellowship with the Lord. He's here in this place, Lord. We release your power. We release your healing anointing. By your stripes, we are healed. There is no weapon formed against us that shall prosper. Oh, all sickness leaves this temple, this temple, this temple of the Holy Spirit, the temple of the living God, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead also quickens our mortal body and brings us back to full health and full life. As you all know, you are more than welcome to drink of the Holy Spirit and power and glory tonight. And just like the song goes, when the Spirit of the Lord moves upon my heart, I will dance like David danced. When the Spirit of the Lord moves upon my heart, I will sing like David sang. When the Spirit of the Lord moves upon my heart, I will shout like David shouts. When the Spirit of the Lord moves upon my heart, I will twirl and spin like David twirled and spin. Hallelujah. There is freedom in this place. I mean, come on. Wherever we are in life, our affections are involved. Our affections, what we believe, what we agree with is involved because we only place ourselves with what we agree with and what we think is good for us. Amen? You know? So this is the right place to be. The affections that are in the house of God and with the Lord and with his people. And as always, we want you to know and be encouraged and strengthened that the gifts of the Spirit are welcome in this house. Where there is divine submission, there is divine order. When we're divinely submitted to the Spirit of God, like tonight, in these places of deep worship, then there is divine order and you can trust the Holy Spirit when he's fluttering inside of you. And when there's this bubble rumbling, rumbling, rumbling up and you're like, you're overpowering me. You are overpowering me. And some people almost feel like they need an airbag. It's like I can barely even feel like I can breathe in the presence of God Because he is overpowering us. And to each one, the gifts and the uh, manifestation of the spirit is given to profit with all. Each one of us have been given gifts from the Lord. Gifts from the Holy Spirit. You are not left out. And you know, religion will tell you that you're not good enough or that you're left out. And while relationship and true revival does say, okay, you might need to grow in an area. Maybe you're not super mature in that area. God never says, I'm going to count you out. Because just think, the the very person that we may count out is the very person that God will use. Because it's not by might and it's not by power, but it's by his spirit. Paul said, when I came to you preaching, it wasn't the eloquence of my speech. It wasn't how good I sounded and how everything fit together perfectly. It was in the power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. 
And I thank God for my husband and the leadership of this church that we all are in unison to flow in the power of the Holy Ghost. And that's why the word is so strong here because we're yielded to his Holy Spirit. And as you see, then you grow. As you see the manifest of, manifestation of the Holy Spirit, you grow. I know that I learned to pray when I was around prayers. I was around prayers and I saw the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. And something in my heart thought, I want this. Something in my mind thought, this is weird. Which one was I going to choose to yield to? Well, whenever I would yield to my mind and say, this is weird, and I would miss a service, my heart would become more hungry and say, you made the wrong choice. That's not the right choice. Go back. Go back. The Lord would always lasso my heart back into the deep, rich manifestation of the Holy Spirit, the place where revival is, the place where revival is flowing. Thank God we have a church in Kitsap County. I know there's others, but thank the Lord that revival's flowing. And there's a place you can come and see and learn and feel and experience and grow. Because if we're not growing, we're getting stagnant and we're dying. God's kingdom is always growth, 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 growth. Growth on every level. Growth in spirit, growth in soul, not growth in body. (laughs) Growth in... Growth in, in, in manifestations of the spirit, growth in numbers, growth, growth. That's his kingdom. Amen. Growth in launching people out into different ministries, growth in emissions trips, growth in outreach, growth in power, growth in, I mean, I'm listening to, to our leaders ministering and it's just like, since the new year, I'm going to tell you guys, keep fasting, keep fasting. I know God's on me. I, we stopped our fast and somebody brought me some cookies and I'm going to eat them tonight, but Keep fasting. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry for those of you. Um, keep it because there is an, there is just something about it. There's something about it. And when we can always have, you know, two to ten people in this church fasting and praying over the ministry, over the pastors, over the leaders, over the, man, you know, the manifestation of the spirit, the word, that being, word being preached, the building being manifested, God is going to move. There is just, it's just, it is what it is. So don't stop. <laughs> Keep it going. Keep that prayer going. We're down here praying, but it's not just us. It doesn't just, it starts from the leadership and the leaders do um, create and set an example, but it is the whole congregation. There is not one person left out. The Holy Spirit wants to use every single one of you. Please know that you're not left out. Please know that you're not too young. You're not too old. You haven't done too much. You're not too far gone. There's nothing wrong with you that the Holy Spirit can't fix. Absolutely nothing. As long as your heart is humble to receive correction, to receive healing, to receive wholeness, to receive maturity, you can walk in the power of God. He chooses the most unique characters. He is not limited. And, and his voice goes out and beckons, come one, come all. Who wants, whosoever wants, come and drink. Whosoever wants of my spirit, you may have me. Amen? And obviously he's called us as a group of hungry believers that join together in the power of his spirit. We join together in our services. We join together in prayer. You should come to some of our prayer meetings. You're going to get lit up. I know that during the prayer, our ladies' prayer meetings, I happen to generally fall out in the spirit because the ladies are laying hands on me and I'm getting <laughs> filled with the Holy Ghost. 
come to our outreaches. Watch the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. I watch people during our outreaches flowing in the power. Amen. Watch the testimonies that come forth out of this place. Uh, Aaron Parsons, I'm probably stealing. You're going to just have to come give it yourself, but I'm also going to share it. You know, he has seen people healed of cancer working the front door at Albertsons. A lady was totally mean to him in Texas in 2020 when the mask mandate came out, even though he didn't even believe in the whole mask thing, yet it was his job, so he had to give people the mask because they walk in, the member, member would walk in, everybody would hand us a mask or ask us, do you have a mask, blah, blah, blah. And this one lady chewed him out, cussed him out, da, 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 da. And he was like, okay, well, God bless you. The Holy Spirit told him, be kind, be loving. You don't know what she's going through. That's the Holy Spirit told him. And then, of course, he's like, oh, I don't really necessarily like doing this. But because he was such a good example, then his boss told everybody else, do what he does. Oh. <laughs> and he's like, okay, well, God, this is what you want me doing right now. So this is what I'm going to do. Well, the lady had to walk because um, it was in Albertsons right by some apartments. She had to walk back. So I think he said a week or two went by, and she had to come back. She didn't have a vehicle. She had to come back. And, um, and then he asked the same thing, and she goes, you know, I need to tell you, I, I'm really sorry. I... I chewed you out the last time that I came here, and I've tried to avoid this, but um, I'm battling cancer, and da-da-da, and I just got a really bad diagnosis, and I was just having a really bad day when that all happened and stuff, and he goes, he goes, oh my gosh, can I pray for you? And she goes, yeah, and so he prayed for her right then and there, that the Lord would remove the tumors and blast them out of her body and everything like that. Well, and then she came back a few weeks later, and she told him, um, she had gone to the doctors and everything was gone. The cancer was removed from her body. There is nothing too big for our God. There is nothing too big for the name of Jesus. So these gifts of the spirit are, are for the prophet, for withal, whether it's flowing and operating in the church service, which it does in a prayer meeting, or you going out to where you are and flowing in that power of the Holy Spirit and bringing your testimony back to the congregation to build faith in others. I think, Rick, how many testimonies you've had on your job? Tim, Pablo, I mean, all, all of you guys, really everybody, pretty much here has had the testimonies on the job of the gifts of the Spirit flowing in an operation. Amen? And we love hearing the testimonies. Don't ever stop pulling on the Holy Spirit. Don't ever stop pulling on the gift of God in your life. He, he loves you, and he wants to pour out on you. So the topic, or the, the, the title of this message is, Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Let's go to Acts 19, <laughs> 19 1 through 6. Have you received the Holy Spirit? Since you believed. And I'm asking you right now. Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Hallelujah. Acts 19, 1 through 6. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They said to him, We have not so much as heard whether there even is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism. So Paul said, okay, yeah, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues, and they prophesied. So these people were called disciples. They believed in the way the best that they knew how. They heard the message of John the Baptist, 
and of repentance. Yeah. They were pierced in their heart because John the Baptist was anointed since he was in his mother's womb. Yeah. He was anointed to prepare the way of the Lord. Yeah. He was anointed to preach with fire. He was oh. wild. He was, he was, he was powerful. Amen. He spoke sharply, but it pierced the hearts of the listeners like a true Amen. prophet. Amen. Amen. So they received that message, and they were baptized, and they were called disciples. I thought it was interesting. They're called disciples. Yet they hadn't even so much as heard of the Holy Spirit. What a heyday. How exciting. I don't know about you, but I absolutely love it when I go out on the streets to preach the gospel, and and they have not heard of Jesus. I'm like, whoo! Fresh fish! Fresh fish! Fresh fish! And (laughs) it's like, hey, And usually it's kids because most adults in America have still heard of Jesus. But let me tell you, there's a generation rising up in America, even though we thought that would never be possible. There is a generation of children. They're out there. I promise you, they haven't even heard of Jesus. They don't know who Jesus, you know, it used to be, oh, Jesus, he he died on the cross for my sins. It used to be simple. Even a child in America knew that. But guess what? It's not like that anymore. Even children at the schools, they don't know who Jesus is. I know that I talked to somebody, a child, about Jesus, and he said, my dad told me not to say that name. My dad told me not to talk about him. But I said, do you want to know him? Yes. The curiosity was so raging, probably because dad said, "We we don't talk about him. We don't say his name. So there are people out there that truly don't know about Jesus, just like this group of disciples didn't know about the Holy Spirit. And it really and truly is our, just our commission to go into the world and to preach the gospel. Because guess what? People will go to hell if they do not receive Jesus. Now, God is just. God is fair. God will give everybody a chance. We don't even need to get into that. We know that we know that we know that every single person will be given a living chance to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. However it happens, whether in a dream, whether in a translation, whether in whatever. But God commands us to be the vessels. He commands us. Go and preach my gospel. Go. I want to use you. You are my established ministers. Not just the ministers in the church, but every single one of us. Amen? So uh, these disciples had heard about John's message, which was repent. And they were obviously repented and repentant. And it's really cool because John's prophecy was fulfilled. And we're going to read that. And I think that was read during Tim's message. Um, His prophecy was fulfilled because he said, I'm baptizing you into repentance, but there's one coming after me whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. He's going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. And they were baptized under John's baptism. And they didn't even know. So I'm not sure if they knew about Jesus. They didn't know about the Holy Spirit. And they weren't baptized into Christ Jesus yet. So then they got baptized in Christ Jesus. And obviously they believed. And then they received the Holy Spirit. So John's prophecy to them was fulfilled. Amen? Amen. Amen. I think that's cool. Because he came in the spirit of Elijah. He was a prophet. Um, So let's go to... uh, Actually, we're going to go there a little bit later. I'm going to just try to stick to my notes. I know it's not as fun. Um, so there's always more in God, no matter what we have received, you know, there's always more in God and the, the spirit of the Lord is always beckoning us to more. I know that, um, I, I have, I have no pride in my badge, but I have followed the Lord for 
I think like 26 years or something like that. So I, I know that throughout my walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, he's always calling me to more. There's always a hunger for more. It's like, don't get stagnant, whatever, yeah, because yeah, there's a saying, idleness is the devil's playground. And in idleness and in stagnancy, or you could call it boredom, that's where people backslide. Just like kids that are super duper smart in school, they actually don't do well if they're not challenged. And if they don't have enough work, we see we're, we're finding that out more and more. You need to put them at a place where they're being challenged for growth. They're being challenged. They're getting enough work. They're getting enough to, to, to keep them rolling in their giftings, in their life, in their, in their calling. It's the same way in Christ Jesus and in Christianity. And, and we must stir up the gift of God. Sometimes the Lord challenges us and it's like, we need to recognize if we're getting stagnant and we got to stir up that gift. We got to stir up the gifts of the Holy Spirit. One of the greatest ways is in fasting. In fasting. If you haven't done it, do it. Put your flesh under and say, you don't get what you want today. You're going to pray. You're going to worship God every time you're hungry. And then sometimes when you start fasting more, you tell your flesh, you're even going to make your family a nice feast of dinner and you're not going to eat any of it. And you're going to love them and you're going to smile at them and you're going to enjoy their fellowship, but you're not partaking because your spirit is going to grow. Amen. And there's other areas for us to grow too. Coming to church, coming, being involved, growing in our service to the Lord. I mean, there's just so many. Just fasting is like the hot topic right now. Just feels like that's like, right? That just seems like what's happening in the body of Christ right now. Fasting and prayer, fasting and prayer. <laughs> so yes, we have a will, you know, even after we get aboard again. <laughs> so the Lord, yes, he works a miracle within us, right? He works the miracle of salvation in us. But guess what? We still have a will. So that's what's been being taught, I've noticed lately, is surrendering and rendering our will to the Lord Jesus Christ from day one until the day we see his face. It's not like, I surrendered my will last year. Do I seriously have to do it again? Yeah. You surrender your will yesterday, today, tomorrow. He says, you pick up your cross daily and you follow me. Amen. So we surrender our will. Sometimes it gets easier. Sometimes the challenge remains. Because there is a battle at stake. And the Lord says, I don't want any wimpy soldiers. I want you to be a strong soldier in this battlefield. This is a battlefield called earth. And the battlefield will never go away until Jesus takes his rightful place, which will happen. Yeah. Judgment day will come. He will kick Satan to the lake of fire. Until then, he's like, I don't want no wimpy soldiers. So um, if you're not getting it super duper easy, that's because your muscles need to be developed in the spirit. Hallelujah. Praying in the Holy Ghost, building yourself up on your most holy faith. Amen. Being around the believers. It's a lot easier to be stronger around the believers than way out by ourselves. That weak link out somewhere, right? Satan wants, he's looking for that weak link. We all know that. So being together. So we, you know, we, we do need to pay the price. You know, we need to lay up down our lives. We need to obey the commandments of our Lord Jesus Christ and live, right? Uh, we need to study to show ourselves approved. You know, there's a lot of things we need to um, live a life worthy of the gospel. You know, there are many things that we do. The awesome thing that the Lord gives us is the Holy Spirit to empower us to live that righteous life. We give our will to the Lord, but the Holy Spirit seriously strengthens us for every single task. You have a helper. He's the paraclete. That's the Greek word 
for the Holy Spirit. So we're, it's, it's a root word, paraclete. Para, we know, means come alongside, like a para, like a, like a para at a school. A para at the schools is somebody that comes alongside. I work at the schools sometimes. So I come alongside the kids that are struggling. I come alongside them. Or the kids that need extra work. I come alongside and I help them. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. He comes alongside, but he also does so much more. And we're going to get into that. So have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? He is definitely for us. Um, We are not alone. And so let's dive into who this Holy Spirit is that Paul was talking about. Let's go to Matthew 3. 11, 12, because uh, this scripture did reference, you know, John the Baptist and what happened. And I know that some of these scriptures have been um, uh, brought out in the last few weeks, but God always brings us along a path. Always in your spirit. If you're following, you know, you're like, yep. Okay. That yes. Yes. Okay. That word. Okay. And everything is building. So the Lord is always building upon the last word that he gave you. Amen. He's not like, oh, I'm here, there and everywhere. The Lord's like, I'm strategic and I'm moving and I'm working. And all that we do, you know, my husband doesn't tell somebody when they minister, okay, you need to minister on this, 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 and you need to touch on this point and this point and this point, and you only need to have this many scriptures. We don't really put people in boxes. We say, you minister, we trust you. We trust that you have the Holy Spirit. So we trust that when you get up, you're going to bring the word of the Lord. Amen? And there is a trust in this house that has been built with, you know, women. Like, I'm thinking like Irene, like Cheryl, and, and, and some of these women that will just step out in the Spirit on Sunday mornings. They're filled with the Holy Ghost, filled with the Spirit. And when they start stepping out, you know, you're like, be quiet, be still. God is speaking. Just don't do anything until this moment's done because it's holy. And they're, they're considered lay people. See, God wants to use everybody. We don't limit the service to leaders only. Sometimes, I mean, I would say that if a, if a prophet comes in the house or if an evangelist or a minister, we're going to yield to that anointing. You know what I'm saying? We're going to yield to that. But then there's times, you know, when Pastor Jason, he's waiting. He's like, Holy Spirit, I'm giving you the floor. Now, a lot of pastors are afraid. Yeah. I remember going to a church. I was there and um, the worship was going. I did think it was a little interesting that everybody sat down and nobody raised their hands. I was like, oh, okay, well, this is really different. However, I have to be honest. I felt the Holy Spirit there. The Bible says in the beginning, the Holy Spirit hovered over the earth. The Holy Spirit hovers. He hovers. He hovers over his people. So wherever his people are, he's hovering. But he's a gentleman, and he's not going to force himself. The spirit realm cannot force themselves, uh, God or Satan and his people, the demons, unless there's an open door. Amen? So the Holy Spirit is waiting for an open door. Am I welcome here? Am I welcome? I felt him hovering, and I was like, normally in this situation, what we're used to, I'm like, oh, he's going to move. Even though the people are sitting down and they're not raising their hands, he's going to move. And then next thing you know, the pastor's like, all right, everybody, let's go. And it was just like, shut down, totally shut down. And I don't know if they always operate that way. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. But it was a lesson learned that, you know, God wants to move in every single church and every single congregation. But as the candlesticks, the candlesticks, are they, are they burning? Are they yielded to him? Or do they feel that need to control? Do they feel that need? Like, we got to stick to, we're so afraid of, if we're not on our timing, then the people can't go see the Seahawks game, and then, and then they're not going to come back, and then, you know, this whole thing. 
So affections, affections, priorities. Where are our affections? Where are our priorities at? We understand on Sunday mornings, we understand there's some new people. And you know what I'm saying? We, we want to be welcoming and everything like that. Yet the Holy Spirit is always pulling us deeper. Yeah. So we're like, we're, we're, we're like, Lord, we're not going to be double-minded and we're not going to be in a tug of war. We're going to follow you. But we're not going to be in control. We refuse to, my husband refuses to take control of a service. Except for under the unction and the mantle of the Holy Spirit. And that's just going to get, we're just going to grow more and more in that. Amen? Amen. And there are lots of others out there as well. Matthew three eleven through 12. I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I the sandals of whom I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. So that was the prophecy uh, that John gave that, was, that we just saw fulfilled in Acts chapter 19. Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. It is Jesus's will that his church and his body is baptized and flooded and filled with God himself. And there is not a way to progress and truly spiritually grow in the Lord or grow as a church without the power of the Holy Spirit. It is so clearly laid out for us in the word. Thank you, Lord. Jesus was so excited to leave. He, his flesh was not really excited to endure what he endured at Gethsemane and at the cross, yet he did it because he told the disciples, if I don't go away, I can't send you the best gift that you'll ever receive. I cannot send you this empowerment that you need to fulfill my commands and to walk as I walk, to walk in signs, wonders, miracles, healing, a gift of faith, gift of power, you know, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, these supernatural things, you cannot walk in them unless I go. And Ephesians says that when Jesus ascended on high, he led captivity captive and he gave gifts to men. He gave us gifts. He is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Let's go to John 14. 15 through 18. I think Pastor Jason covered this. I'm telling you, I'm like, okay, I know all of you guys have been covering all these scriptures, so of course they're fresh, you know. John 14, 15 through 18. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. Because he dwells with you, hover, hover, he dwells with you, and he will be in you. This is Jesus prophesying, so we're on the other side of this, right? This was Jesus saying this before he went. He dwells, he dwells with you, and he will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. I am not going to give you all of these commands, which are, you know, the old being renewed and made new. And this um, strong and powerful uh, commission to walk in power, walk in anointing, walk in glory, see the lame walk and the blind see and the sick recovered and to walk in utmost holiness and righteousness. I'm not going to give you these commands without giving you the empowerment to do it. We are empowered to live the life of power 
and also to live the life of righteousness. We are empowered to walk as Jesus walked. And he was excited. And I, I believe that he saw that. He saw us. He was looking at you. <clears throat> so he endured the cross. He's like, I'm doing this so Brian can walk in power in 2023. Brian is going to walk in divine power, signs, wonders, and miracles on his job. Brian is going to be promoted. Brian is going to preach the gospel. Brian's going to raise up in the newness of life and become the mighty man of God that he's supposed to be in 2023. He saw it on the cross, and that's why he endured. That's why he took it. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for seeing us. Thank you. Just, just tell yourself, he saw me. He saw me on the cross, so he endured what he endured. Hallelujah. So we're going to break this scripture down a little bit. Uh, if you love me, keep my commandments. Pastor Jason just ministered on that. And then he says, I'm going to pray. He's the baptizer, so he's, he is our intercessor. You know, he's the one that stands in the gap for us. And he's going to talk to the Father, and the Father does, you know, father, Father's yes is yes to Jesus. <laughs> and Jesus, for what he did, he earned the highest name that is above all names. And when him and Father commune, it's absolute perfect union and unity. So when Jesus says, Father, baptize, Father says, baptize, <laughs> done, amen. He'll give you another helper. That word helper, so it's actually parakletos, par, parakletos. And it's, we pronounce it pericle. I mean, I guess that's just how we've been taught. But when I listen to the Greek word, it's, it's parakletos. Anyways, so it is a base word. Um, and I'm going to give you uh, several definitions of what this word means of who the Holy Spirit is in our life. The Holy Spirit is our helper to fulfill God's commands and to walk in power, signs, wonders, and miracles. The Holy Spirit is our comforter to embrace us in hardships and to put that warmth around us and that security around our life so that we can bear what we need to bear. The Holy Spirit is our counselor. He listens to us and he leads us in words of truth. He leads us to God's word. He leads us to righteousness and what we're supposed to be doing. He is our aid. When we are weak, he is strong. We're not left in our weakness. We have this paraclete. We have this one called alongside us to strengthen us in our weaknesses so that we may glory in our weaknesses. We may glory in those things. And you know what? I've been actually just thinking, this is a little side note, but it's going to be a message later, but I've been thinking, do you know that a gift actually does not make you strong at all? I've been thinking about that. You're actually weak if you have a super strong gift because it's easy. Now, the gifts are from God. I'm actually ministering about the gifts. But I have been like, you know who's strong is the person who endures. The person who walks out things with God in the power of Jesus and really has that faith in the Lord. And there's different areas of our lives where we're gifted. And then there's, you know what I'm saying? So, but we, I'm not like downing the gifts. <laughs> but I am saying like that doesn't make a person strong. They're gifted. There should never, ever be pride in a gift. We should never, ever have any pride in a gifting you know, I've tried to teach my kids that. They're like, well, why do they have this? Why are they like this? It's a gift. And then in the areas where my kids have the gifts, I just tell them, it's a gift. You need to give God glory for that gift that you yeah. have. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. You know, because some people have had gifts, and then they, they, they get into, like, a motorcycle accident, or they get into something, and that gift, you know, they had maybe athleticism or something, it's taken, it's gone. Right. And then what? You know, you know? So the strength is from praying in the spirit and, and really walking out in faith, even through hardships and enduring, right? That's where the true strength comes from. Anyways, that was a total side note. <laughs> so back to the paraclete. 
He is our advocate. So check this out. An advocate speaks or write, writes in favor of, supports or urges by argument, and even recommends publicly. The Holy Spirit would publicly recommend you. He loves you. He likes you. He chose you. He's like, I live inside of you, and I want the whole world to know. I want to use your vessel, and I want to use you publicly. I want to put you out on display for the world to know that Jesus is alive. That is our advocate. He's like, I'm going to say, not guilty, not guilty, not guilty, washed in the blood, free from shame, free from sin, empowered, and running with my will and my glory. That's who he is to us. He's also the one that summoned or called along our side to walk with us. He walks with us through everything, although he's always calling us higher. He walks with us in our lowest points, but he always calls us higher. You know, he'll sit with us and then he'll say, okay, all right, we sat for long enough. Okay, now, come up. We're done sitting. I've sat with you. I love you. I'm here for you. Now let's go higher, right? He always leads us to victory. He always leads us to a place of victory. He's also the one who pleads your case before a judge. He's your counsel for defense, your intercessor, and your succourer, which is one who brings relief in a time of distress. I mean, how many things can one person be to us? Sounds like he's kind of like our everything. It's like Jesus is our everything, Holy Spirit is our everything, Father is our everything, and they're three in one, and they're in absolute perfect unity and harmony. Is, can it get any better than that? We found the pearl of great price. We found him. We found him. There's nowhere else. You don't have to search anymore. There's no more searching. We found him. And he's never, ever going to leave us. So have you received the paraclete? Since you believe, have you received him? So he's our helper, going back to John 14, 15 through 18, that he may abide, bless you, that he may abide with you forever. He's a forever God. When God marries, he marries. He marries for life. He even gave us a whole book in the Bible called Hosea to show us just how married he is to his people. Just how married he will be. He will stick it out with you through everything. He will endure it all. He is very, he's more long suffering than we would ever, ever know. We would throw people under the bus. We would be like, I'm sick of this abuse. I'm sick of this. And God's like, I'm still here. I'm still here for you. My love is greater. My love is stronger. One of these days, my love is going to overpower you. I'll wait. I'll wait for you. That's our God. He says that the Holy Spirit will abide with us forever. Marriage is forever. It's forever. A marriage covenant is unbreakable. You don't break it. You do not break a marriage covenant. And God is a God of his word. And when he says, I'm marrying you, he means it. Amen. The only way that it would be broken is through our disdain, through our meh. You're married to me, but you're boring. You're just lame. You never come through. I've had it. He'll endure for a while, but over and over and over again, 
And eventually, if you do die in that, then you will be cast out. Or if you just simply say, get out of my life, I'm get out. Like if you seriously like command him to get out. <laughs> However, there's people that have even done that to God. And he doesn't leave. <laughs> He's like, I'm not leaving you. <laughs> now we still need to have the fear of the Lord. Amen. But he says, I'm going to abide with you forever. And I know that I talk about Dean Braxton a lot because I think that his ministry has so seriously impacted my life. I've read all of his books. And when he comes to minister on heaven, it's like my ears are so attuned. I'm like, everything in me is like, I want the whole download of this message to become who I am. I want to live in this. And he said that one day he said that when he was there and he was talking to Jesus, he because he, he died. I don't know if you guys know the story. He died in Tacoma. It was on the news and everything, and he was dead for 45 minutes or so, hour and 45 minutes. And um, in that time, he had a trip to heaven. And there was somebody, oh, there was somebody that just recently died on the football field. And I'm just curious what happened in that time. I'm curious. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, what's going to come out? And I pray that if he saw Jesus, that he would have the boldness to speak it. Or even if he saw hell, that he would have the boldness to speak it. Because something happens to us when we die. We don't just go to the dust. Not just nothing happens. Either demons come and take our soul to hell or we ascend to be with the Lord. So Dean Braxton went to heaven and he was walking with Jesus and he was talking with Jesus and, and he saw the father and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden he goes, where's the Holy Spirit? You know, like, you know how we are. It's like, oh, and Jesus said, he's still in you. I told you he'll be with you forever. The Holy Spirit lives in us forever. Even when we ascend to be with the Lord for eternity, this is a covenant agreement. You are the resting place of God. You are the dwelling place of God. Now, stop trying to wrap your mind around it. The mind is never, ever, ever, ever going to get it. The first thing the mind is going to say is, I'm not worthy. So it's a spirit thing. The spirit of us receives the spirit of the Lord who marries us forever. Even when we're with the Lord, where's the Holy Spirit? He's inside of you. I said, he'll never leave you. And I will never leave you as a reference. You're married. You're married. And you married up. And he married down, but he was happy to do it. He didn't care. He's like, you are so worth it to me. In the end, he'll, he'll probably be like, no, 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 no. No. Amen. He doesn't take his resting place lightly. So with that, let's not grieve him. With that, let's know, like, I want to walk in your power. I better lay hands on every single sick person that I see. I, you know, I mean, obviously when the spirit moves on our heart, I mean, don't like, you know, there's, there's balance. I get it. But let's yield to him. I mean, when there's a little inkling, like how many times, come on, how many times is there that little inkling? How many times? It's pretty much daily. Let's, let's be straight up in little things, even in your marriage. Make, get that, get him that coffee. I just want my own coffee. Get him his coffee. You know, just simple, like little things. The Holy Spirit reminds us to serve, to love, to heal to cast out devils, to pray, to intercede, to stand in the gap, read the word, read the word. I read the word yesterday. Read the word, read the word. Amen. He doesn't take his dwelling place lightly. Where is dwelling place? And we need to cooperate. 
We gotta cooperate with the earth. We still have our will. Like I said, even though we're born again, we still have our will. Your will is intact, very much intact. But we, it, it, like I said, imperfect submission is perfect order. When we're perfectly submitted to the Lord, we can walk in perfect divine order. Amen? And, and we're, all, we're all on this journey. We're all growing. We're all maturing. This year is a year of maturity for all of us. We're going to mature in the spirit. We're going to mature in the word. We're going to mature in the works of Jesus. We're going to mature in every area of our life. Hallelujah. Okay? So he's going to abide with you forever. And then we're going to go into the spirit of truth. He is the spirit of truth. Numa Alethea. The spirit of truth. There's one truth. There are not many truths. Praise God. He made it simple for us. Simple is is simple does. Or simple does is simple is. I'm, I'm so simple, I don't even know which way it goes. But God is simple. There's always a simple truth. Anytime I hear on the news, this murder, that murder, this and You know what I know in my heart? There is an ultimate truth. And God knows exactly what happened that night. And God is the ultimate judge. And his eyes see through everybody. And people can try to fake people. People can try to make stuff up. People can try to mess with evidence. People can try to do what they want. But in the end, there is one truth. And there are eyes that see through every facade. There are eyes that see through every fake and phony. There are eyes that see through every mask. They are the eyes of the Lord. And he's watching. And he is keeping an account. We think. There's not justice sometimes. We think, is there ever going to be justice? Just you wait. Just you wait. That is fear and trembling because every hidden thing will be exposed. There are people that even think they're hiding from God and they're not. He has sent us the spirit of truth to abide in us. So at every given moment, we can stop what we're doing and take a peer inside of our heart and ask the Holy Spirit, what do you have to say about this? You're God, and I submit to you. And sometimes it's peace be still. Sometimes it's hush. Sometimes it's I need you to do this. Sometimes it's pray, 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 pray. He is the spirit of truth, and he will lead us and guide us into all truth. Everything else is a counterfeit. Now, how do, so the people that study the $100 bills, do they study them by finding all the fake $100 bills? Let's study all the fake ones, because if we see the fake ones, then we'll know the real one. No, they study the real thing. They get to know that real thing so well that all they know is the real All they know is the truth. So the moment they feel or smell or look upon the fake, they know it. And that's the way God wants us to be. All eyes on Jesus. Eyes on Jesus. Eyes on Jesus. Eyes in the word. Eyes in the word of God. Study the word. Don't be looking all around at the fake and the phony and trying to figure out what's this and that. Pierce. Peer onto the truth. Feel the truth. Know the truth. Then you will know the counterfeit. He abides in us and he lives in us and our spirit bears witness with his spirit in every situation. And a little note to the wise, it's always good in a situation to be quiet if we don't know what to say. 
It's better to be quiet because the Bible says that even if you're a fool, if you just shut up your mouth, people will think you're wise. It's in Proverbs. Amen? Side note. John 8, 32, you don't have to go there. John 8, 32 says, you will know the truth and the truth will what? The truth will what? The truth will set you free. It is his truth that sets and keeps us free. Amen? 1 Corinthians 2, 10 through 12. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of the man which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us. Amen? That's the Holy Spirit. He He's going to show us. He's going to lead us. And let me tell you, if you might feel something and that does not line up with the word of God, you're not feeling the Holy Spirit. You're not feeling him. Okay? We might have feelings. The heart can still be deceptive about all things. There, there are, we are renewed. We are born again. There, but there is still that final say. There's still that final say, and that's the word of God. Just to keep God's like, we're going to make sure. We're going to stand track. This is the absolute plumb line. So if the, like, the Holy Spirit is telling me to, you know, smother my child. <laughs> uh, no, the Bible says you and not murder. Oh, the Holy Spirit is just telling me to just take that thing. Like, that's mine. I need to have that or whatever. You shouldn't steal. You don't steal. Like, there's, the Holy Spirit is not going to lead us to do something against God's word. Now, there's safety in a multitude of counselors. I've had times in my life where I felt the Holy Spirit tell me something, but I thought, I'm going to talk to my husband about this. What do you think? Because he's going to go through the, the thoughts of his heart and his mind and the scriptures, and he's going to be a backup for me. And we're here for you guys. And our leaders are here for you guys to, to help keep us in line with the Holy Spirit as we're maturing and growing in him. Amen? There's times when you know you heard the Holy Spirit, you don't need nobody to confirm nothing to you. You know that you know. You're like, this is straight up God. This is straight up the Holy Spirit. Uh, but just know that he's never, ever going to lead us to sin. He's never going to lead us to unrighteousness. He's never going to lead us off the path. He will always keep us on the path of the Lord. He's always going to keep us on the path of the word. And then John 16, <clears throat> 13. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes. I know it sounds like the same scripture, but it's not. It's the next chapter. It's two chapters over. When he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He's not going to speak on his own. He will only speak what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. So he is the spirit of truth. He's going to lead us and guide us into all truth. And that word guide, it's, it really means more of like a tour guide. It, the actual Greek, like going into it, Rick Renner teaches on this. This is one of my favorite messages of Rick Renner's, but he talks about the Holy Spirit being our tour guide. Like we're on a tour in life. We're on a journey, right? This is a journey. We're on a journey with the Lord and we're not stuck to our own trying to figure it out. You know, I don't know about you guys, but if I go to like a mall that I don't know if I would like to try to figure out where certain stores are. So usually what? We try to walk to the middle of the mall and we try to find the map. You know, when I go hiking, I really like it when they have a map in the beginning and I take a picture of the map so that it's not just stuck in my mind. I have it. So when we're going, I'm like, hold on, are we on? You know, nowadays we can even track ourselves on all trails or whatever, but we have a guide. We have a guide on this journey of life, and he is the Holy Spirit, and he is going to lead us into all truth, and he's going to show us the things that are to come. We're not left without. We know Jesus is coming back soon. Yes. 
We know the Lord's going to come back. We know that deep darkness is going to cover the earth, yet the light of Christ is going to shine on the body of Christ. We're going to walk in such prosperity and blessing that it's going to blow people's mind. We're going to walk in such healing and power that people are going to go to the church instead of the hospital. People are going to say, we got to take them to the church. The hospital is going to take eight hours. The church is going to bring a healing right away. This is what's to come. This is what the Spirit is saying in the last days, the last days church. We're going to walk in power and anointing. Hallelujah. All right, I'm almost done. He is the Spirit of power. Acts 1.8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and all the way to the ends of the earth. So he didn't... The, the, the born-again miracle happens the moment that we yield our will to the Lord Jesus and confess him as Lord with our mouth. That is the miracle of salvation. We are then translated out of the kingdom of darkness and brought into the kingdom of light. And then he says, okay, now there's another miracle coming, and that is the miracle of endowment of power to walk out my will on the earth. So he comes and he endues us and gives us the power to walk right, talk right, do right, live right, and uh, take dominion. Remind the devil, you don't have dominion anymore. Wherever the name of Jesus is mentioned, you got to go. Amen. Amen? Amen? That's the power that he's talking about, to be his witness. 1 Thessalonians 1.5, even to stand up for the gospel because to be a martyr, to be a witness includes being a martyr. So even to stand up, even if it means our life. Even to stand up. He says, don't even worry about what you're going to say. If, if they happen to bring you into the court because you're mentioning the name of Jesus because they don't like that. Um, where was it? I just heard of something where it's like they don't want the name of Jesus mentioned. They don't want you to speak in that name. But we will still speak in that name. And because we're endued with power. Because we, the belief that we have in the Lord and what we've seen and experienced is worth dying for. Amen? So even at that point, he says, don't even premeditate on what you're going to say. Don't even think about it. It's not going to come from here. It's going to come from here. It's going to come from that dwelling place of the Lord. Amen? And then 1 Thessalonians 1.5, For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power, and in the Holy Spirit, and in much assurance, as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. So the Holy Spirit is a mover and a shaker. And that's why the word of God is so powerful up in this place because the men and the women of God that are bringing the word are bringing it in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not just in word only. It's not just in the power of our study. It's not just a theological like mind thing of putting it all together right and everything like that. It's in the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, he is the spirit of power. And when he comes upon you, he is going to endue you with power from on high. So receive his power today. I believe that today and tonight is just a night to, and I have more, but I'm going to finish because I'm going to probably do this. I, I probably could do like, I think the last time I taught in the Holy Spirit, I took four Wednesdays. Um, <laughs> it was a couple years ago. Uh, but I feel like this is a good turning point because then next time we'll go into tongues and gifts and all of that. But let him endure you with, let him, uh, yeah, endure you with power tonight power to be his witness power to live right power to walk in truth and heavenly father we thank you we thank you for the word that you brought to us thank you jesus for revealing the scriptures to us thank you for revealing to us that you are the baptizer in the holy spirit and if anybody here has not received the spirit since they've been born again since they believed i pray for a fresh baptism right now we pray for you 
to fall in this room, Holy Spirit, just like you did in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 19, Acts chapter 8. You fell. You fell upon the people, and they began to speak in tongues and prophesy. They began to sing praises to God. They began to utter out the words of heaven, because that's what happens when you fall upon us. And we thank you, Lord, that you are here in your power. I actually believe I see tonight there are some of you that are going to wake up in the middle of the night speaking in tongues. There are some of you that are going to go home. You might not feel anything right now, but you're going to go home. And tonight in the middle of the night, your bed's going to shake. And you're going to look at your spouse and you're going to say, why are you shaking the bed? And then you're going to realize that it's you, that the power of God is on you. The Holy Ghost is shaking you. He's a shaker and he's a mover. And when the Holy Ghost comes in our life, he shakes us. He rattles us with his power. Amen. He brings about what he wants in our life. And that is always the goodness of God. That is always the power of God. It is always forward momentum for the kingdom of heaven on earth. God has chosen you. God has called you. You are not left out. You are not left to the side. This is an all all players, all in. This is an, like this is a team where every single player has their part. Every single one of us has a place in the kingdom of God and we must be endued regularly over and over with power from on high that we can speak out of the utterance of heaven that it's not our mind making up what we're going to say because we'll fall short every single time but it's the power of god flowing through us lord we release your glory we release your anointing lord we know that you're always moving. You're always moving amongst us. You're always moving amongst your people. And anybody that is not baptized in the Holy Spirit right now, I know everybody's saved in this place. I know everybody's saved because I know everybody here. Everybody here is saved. But all of us are going to begin to pray in the Spirit for a little bit. We're all going to begin to pray in the Spirit. And you need to pray in the Spirit and let the Holy Ghost take over. Just begin to pray. Just begin to stir up that gift of God and release Him. And if He's in you and you feel Him bubbling up on you, it doesn't matter if it starts as like, it doesn't matter how it starts. All of us started with a few syllables and then it grew. That prayer language, that heavenly language grew grew and grew and grew as we matured and built ourselves up on our most holy faith. But everybody praying in the spirit, pray in the Holy Ghost right now. Begin to tap in. Don't worry about what you sound like. Don't worry. That's being all up in your head. We're not supposed to be all up in our head. This is not an all up in your head thing. The Bible says that the mind focused on the natural things leads to death. But the mind that is focused on the things of the spirit leads to life and peace. And we want life and peace. We don't want death. We don't want to be going in the direction of hell and death. We want to be focused on the spirit. Speaking, it says speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Letting the Holy Spirit be released. The spirit of the prophets is subject to the prophets. Where the leadership are allowing the moving of the spirit. The people can flow. The people can grow. The people will be graced to be empowered with the Lord and with his will and with his might. Hallelujah. 
You know, when you're praying in the spirit, you could be praying for somebody in China. You could be praying for somebody in Russia, somebody in Ukraine, somebody in Africa, somebody in Brazil. You can be praying for somebody in the nations that you may never see this side of heaven, but you're praying in the spirit. The spirit knows no boundaries. The spirit knows no borders. The spirit knows no walls. So when we're releasing things in the Holy Ghost, it's going out into our city and out into the nations of the world. Yes, you can pray for the nations of the world by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us a place in your kingdom. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that we're not outcasts. We're not left on the outside looking in without understanding. We have understanding in God and we apprehend all that heaven has for us. <laughs> and we're going to grow in that and we're going to flow in that. The Bible also says that he who prays in an unknown tongue gives thanks well. You're giving thanks unto the Lord. You're giving thanks unto God well. You're doing well. He's, he, he wants to encourage you and say, you praying in tongues? You're giving thanks well. You're giving thanks unto God. You don't understand it in your mind, but your spirit is free. Your spirit is free in him to thank him for everything he's done and thank him for who he is. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him in the spirit. Hallelujah. The Bible also says that when you're praying in the spirit, you're building yourself up on your most holy faith. You're building yourself up. It's like lifting weights in the spirit. You're lifting weights when you pray in the Holy Ghost. You're building up that spirit man. You thought you were weak. Even Satan thought you were weak. Even Satan thought, I'm taking them down. I'm taking them out. They're weak. They don't know. They don't get it. But God comes on the scene and says, boom, I'm baptizing you in my spirit right now. I'm giving you new languages and new tongues to build yourself up on your most holy faith. Amen. There's so much that goes on in the spirit realm. Oh, you listen to me. You get in your prayer closet and you just watch how God will use you. Because, you know, in a public setting, we, we can go so far, but something's going to happen to you in your prayer closet. You're going to start pointing your finger. You're going to start getting accurate. You're going to start knowing exactly who you're talking to and what's going on. Because God will give you that. God wants to pray through you. God wants to use you in that deep way. In that deep way in the spirit. Amen. And then what happens is as you pray in tongues and pray in the spirit, you begin to discern things. You have a discernment that you didn't have before. You didn't discern those things until you prayed in the spirit, until those tongues. And then you're discerning, you're understanding. You're like, I get it. Oh, I see. I see. I see what's going on there. Amen. And then the Lord um, anoints you to lay hands on somebody. You end up praying in the Holy Ghost for three hours. You are so full of the power of God that when you lay hands on people, something happens. There's something that is released. There's something that's transferred. Because the Bible talks about an Acts that they laid hands. They laid hands on people and the Holy Spirit was transferred and they were filled with him and began to speak in tongues. Amen. So you become that carrier and that vessel to, to release the power of God. Hallelujah. And it's like we could have walked in here tired, but right now we feel like we could go jump over a wall. Right now we feel like, my God, the worship every single song hit the mark. Every single song was on target tonight. And then God said, I'm dropping my power on you. My power. I know the pastor and I, we're contending for more miracles. We're like, we're putting our foot down. 
He says, we're going to start seeing more miracles. We're going to start seeing them pop like popcorn. That's it. We have been endued with power. We've seen miracles, and we do walk in miracles. But it's time to go to that next level. But it's not just us. It's the whole body. It's the whole body of Christ. Hallelujah. Take us there, Lord. Take us there. We're not afraid. We're not afraid, Lord. We will go and we will grow in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus. Woo! Thank you, Father. What a night. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Yep. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. See, there's just such, there's such a release that comes when we pray in tongues, too. There's like this, oh, you know, he just gives us this release. He moves. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, do you have anything? Or would you just like to take up the offering and then we'll go home? All right, everybody go ahead and get your offering ready as you're praying in the spirit. <laughs> As you're praying into the Lord, be led by the Holy Spirit. You can get to the building fund. You can give your tithes, your offerings. Just bring, we bring our worship of our finances into the house of the Lord. It's not about an amount as much as it is just that percentage that the Lord is saying. Of like, what is he wanting? You know, what does he want? What does he want us to give? And so we're going to give in obedience tonight. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you, thank you, thank you for your people. Lord, we thank you that you multiply our resources for giving. Father, in, in agreement with my husband, I stand up at this pulpit tonight and speak the blessing of the Lord yes. over every single person in this room. Yes. We speak raises. We speak vehicles coming into their lives. We speak total debt-free. We speak yes. supernatural favor. Yes. The, the needs that they have are coming from the left, right, and center, from unexpected sources. You are bringing provision to your people and you are prospering your people to take dominion in Kitsap County. We thank you for this, Father. We thank you that you anoint us and you prosper us. It is you who gives us the power to create wealth. You give it to us, Lord. And what you say, what you say is don't forget me. Just don't forget me. I'll give you the power. I'll give you the ability. I will bless you. I will take your life to crazy, awesome places. But don't forget me. Be in covenant and stay in covenant. So we say yes, Lord. We don't forget you. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father.